you can tell that these people are not like deep thinkers. They they don't really flush out their thoughts. They hear a lot of different things going on in the media and the news and what people are talking about. And then they feel like they're a specialist or they're somebody who can speak on all of these different subjects, right? <laughs> Bro, what is this guy talking about? Like, <laughs> I think Destiny right now is like, holy shit. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm Carson Wolf. Uh, I've watched your stuff a while. Okay. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a Brandon fan. I'm I'm pro Biden whenever he was doing like the 1994 crime bill and whatnot, okay. and when he was more base. But now he's being super cringe. You know, he's essentially just like a walking zombie. And you got all these like lefties and these like trannies, and you know, a lot of these people just kind of occupying the power vacuum that's going on right there. And now, you know, crime's increasing. They're trying to, you know. They're classifying like countries like Sweden and, and the United Kingdom as like human rights abusers if they don't follow the foreign policy of transing the kids. Uh, I think I that's a okay. bad idea. So <laughs> okay, this is a, a, a odd way to start a conversation, right? Like if you're gonna jump into a conversation about Biden and then you just start spitballing and throwing out a bunch of random thoughts to the wall, it's a bad way to start an argument because like or a, a discussion because now. Which one do you attack? Which one do you have a conversation about? Hopefully, Destiny will have a, a good response for this and try to like, kind of like hone this thing in and kind of focus on one thing and move on to the next from there. Let's focus. Okay, firstly, <laughs> chill on transphobia. Okay. Secondly, um, let's focus on Biden. I don't know what Biden has to do with like figuring out trans policy in Sweden well, or the. He was. He was. Um, him and Blinken worked to send out a memo to the United sure, Nations. A memo is a memo. Yeah, but and it's, it's like classifying countries that don't encourage yeah, transgenderism for children um classification as as yeah, human rights pet- abusers yeah but I don't and because you- like well what has that done with russia you know russia has been completely cut off by half of the world right now yeah, because, because they're they human rights abusers. Sovereign country. yeah but that is that is the fact they're saying like human see i i see now right like one thing that we got to be careful on a lot of a lot of guys will do this i see this with steven crowder he'll sit down and he'll try to have a conversation with somebody about changing my mind and i see destiny is taking this same little concept and try to like you know, make it work in his favor. It's cute little, you know, um, competition, I guess. But um, a lot of times they'll sit down with these guys and or these women, and you can tell that these people are not like deep thinkers. They they don't really flush out their thoughts. They hear a lot of different things going on in the media and the news and what people are talking about. And then they feel like they're a specialist or they're somebody who can speak on all of these different subjects, right? Like a lot of people are not qualified to talk about the Russia-Ukraine um war a lot of people aren't qualified to talk about trans issues like they they, they they just want to be a part of the conversation because that's what everybody's talking about and this guy seems like his mind is all over the place because he has all of these different talking points in his head that he wants to like rattle off human rights abuses and whatnot well i mean, they, I mean you can argue issues. that there's human rights abuses that are happening in ukraine like, okay <laughs> but so do you agree with the foreign policy of doing that of of condemning russia for their actions in ukraine no, 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 no. the one we were talking about earlier of the United States posting memos on how they view human rights should be treated around other countries in the world. Yeah. Um, it would depend on the enforcement mechanisms and the consequences of said memos. Okay. Like, I think the United States has every right to recommend, like, directives in other countries and then okay. they condemn them if they don't follow them. But it's going to depend on what the specific, like, um, penalties are or the enforcement mechanisms of those policies to know if I'd support it or not. Okay. Well, I think that it's pretty bad foreign, foreign policy, all things considered. I mean, Joe Biden... Not in what regard? Um, you it's wrong. Bad... I think... You know, okay, cutting so then, off the private parts of children uh, and nations and spreading our empire to do that is, is just a bad idea. 
Okay, I don't. And think it's we're just morally <laughs> wrong, bro. What is this guy talking about? Like, <laughs> I think Destiny right now is like, holy shit. <laughs> is are trans issues really that huge of a part of American foreign policy? It seems to be with with the. I don't think it people. is. I don't really think. I think that in the general conversation <laughs> of the world today, I don't think that trans issues are the things that we're focusing the. Well, it on. seems to be that that a lot of people on his side care about it. So. I mean, that's, I mean, and I mean, you said it yourself, you know, stop with the transphobia, stop with the, tra that's going against YouTube's guidelines. I know that. Well, no, it has and the reason, guidelines. I mean, like if we get specifically into trans issues, right. I think the important thing when you talk about like trans, you bring up like cutting penises off of children or whatever. Like, I think it's important that if you have the, if you've got a child and you've got a doctor and you've got a parent and they want to pursue some medical thing for their kid, I think it's important for those three parties to be able to have that conversation without like a state or government intervening in that okay. conversation. And that's weird. That's a weird take from Destiny. And the reason I think that's a weird take from Destiny is because the government has been involved in family relations for a very, very long time. Governments have been able to step in and take your child away from you. if They felt like you wasn't treating your child properly or if you was abusing your child or your child wasn't getting the things they need. There's a lot of different ways you can abuse a child. You can abuse a child physically and you can abuse a child psychologically. And to think that the government wouldn't have an interest in this certain certain area it's weird to me because this is i mean if i wanted to take my child to the doctor and get their arm removed because my child said i don't feel like this arm should be here i mean you wouldn't argue that that's just a, a conversation between you the doctor and the child because if the doctor decide they want to go through with it i think many people in the community will argue that the government should stop it um it, it's, it's weird because like it oftentimes liberals want bigger government and they want government to be in more control of certain aspects of the the economy or the medical system or whatever the case may be but other times they don't and it's weird how sometimes we draw that line and where do we draw that line and i feel like the government can tell me what kind of experimental drugs i can take into my body but they can't tell me whether or not that i can have my child have a sex change I, I, to me it's like I need some consistency and I just don't feel a consistency sometimes. And so what's the difference between like that and, you know, you know, Yosef Mengele is, uh, yeah, I've heard. Of yeah. That. He was a, he was a SS doctor. He, he did a lot of these sex change operations. Mm -hmm. uh, the only difference was, is that they didn't choose to do it. So what's the difference? That's probably now? a pretty big part. Exactly. Uh, choosing. But it's probably a pretty You're, you're saying that there's like virtue in, in just choosing to do something. I'm saying but there's probably you, you, virtue. I'm saying that as a parent, if my child has an issue, and I want to address that issue with a physician and the physician is making a recommendation. I don't want to feel like the state is going to get between the three of us making the decision that I would say is best for my child. Have you ever considered that there is a money aspect of doing that? That money people are trying literally everything. Like, so literally world. destroying children just for money. That's like essentially what's I mean, going you on. Argue and that people okay, so there's two problems here, right? And both sides have a problem here. The first problem is this guy on the right side, right? He's arguing that they're doing this just for money. And that's a statement that you would have to back up with some kind of evidence. How do you go into the intentions of these people? You can say that you can draw that conclusion based on incentives. Like, okay, if you incentivize people to get paid for doing something, then they're more likely going to participate in that behavior. But that doesn't say that that's actually true. And on the other side of the fence is, well, Destiny's arguing that, okay, well, that should be between the doctor, the, the mother or the father and the child. But oftentimes we see situations where people are making the argument that it's abuse if you don't listen to your child and allow your child to do that. So 
while they don't want the government to get involved between that process, people are more than willing to get involved when they feel as if the parent is not meeting the child of that meeting the needs of that trans child. They're more than willing to get involved at that point. So it's like both sides are kind of like really like iffy about exactly what's really going on here and what's fair game and what is it. People need to have the choice yeah, you to do that. Being anti-trans is destroying children just for money. Like, I mean, what do you mean? You could argue no, I wouldn't ways. say that. Well, of course you wouldn't, because ideologically that's what <laughs> yeah. you're lined at. But you could just as easily argue, like, oh, okay, well, you know, we're going to say he's not trans, but it's going to pump a full of like SSRIs for the rest of his life. There's money there to be said as well. Like, I mean, there could be money on, on on every side of any issue. You need a more intellectual and prudent analysis than to just say, yeah. well, there's money there. And so much I think wrong, mine right? is intellectually and prudent. You know, I th I think it's I think it's important to just acknowledge that this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing that on Wait, our foreign why, policy, why, especially. Well, hold on. What do you mean it's wrong, and we shouldn't? Doing that. It is wrong. It is. I mean, why aren't you transgender? Because I don't feel like I'm transgender. Yeah. So it's all about feelings and choice, is what you're saying. Well, a lot of and there's no there's about, no inherent well, yeah, course, virtue. This is called liberalism. There, I mean, but if you're yeah. like in an authoritarian autocratic regime that we can say we have no choice exactly. or whatever. But and I think in general, I think in Western society, I disagree with that medicine. framework. I think you can fine, but I you mean, can like, choose to do wrong things. So the choice here is, we're talking about children. Do children have the cognitive ability to make right choices? Like, are children old enough to choose when to drive are children old enough to choose when to smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol see we can't gloss over the fact that we're not talking about two grown adults making decisions we're talking about children who we know most well everybody brain don't really even fully develop until around the age of 25 so the argument should be should children have this choice should children be the one choosing whether they're a boy or girl that's where the conversation needs to rest it shouldn't be about whether choice is good or choice is bad or should we have the freedom to choose it should be about at what age do children have the the cognitive ability to make the right choices and that's what the discussion should be on you acknowledge that you can always choose to do wrong things yeah sure. so there's no inherent virtue in choice itself there's no inherent virtue in choice itself, but there is an inherent virtue in choosing virtuous things. How did we get on this? We were talking about Joe Biden. Well, you're, now you're giving me a huge criticism of liberalism, and yeah. you're the one that wanted to and make I'm, a I'm, conversation. I'm illiberal. I'm illiberal. I'm going to say Obviously, it. I can tell. Yeah. I don't think the Grubbers are very liberal. Um, but like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like that label. I hear him. I see him everywhere. I'm, I hear it. No, no, no. No, um, no, no, no. No, it's no. all good. It's all good. No, but like, seriously, if you have a person, so, well, I guess then your argument is you just don't believe trans people are real at all. Well, yeah, pretty much. So how do you account for people that have said they're trans for like so much of human history? Have said they're trans? So here's the issue, right? There's something called gender dysphoria. And oftentimes transgenderism and gender dysphoria get mixed up in one and the same. There are people who suffer from gender dysphoria. Those are people who feel like they don't belong in the right body and something's not matching up, right? And those people are not necessarily what you would consider transgender. Now, I can only speak from the information that I've heard from other people who identify as having gender dysphoria, which is a, a, a medical, a mental health disability or issue. And they say that gender dysphoria has nothing to do with being transgender. They say that gender dysphoria is about having a, a chemical imbalance or something to where you feel like as if you're, you don't belong in your body, your body doesn't match your brain. And those things can be counteracted with certain drugs or certain hormones that can balance those things out. Um, that's what I've heard. And look, I'm not a specialist when it comes to this whole gender dysphoria or transgender ideology or reality. I, I don't even know how to properly uh, characterize it. But the issue that we have is there are a lot of people who are claiming to be transgender who don't suffer from gender dysphoria. And we see it being overly represented. Like we're seeing the numbers skyrocket through the roof 
and we don't know how why. You can't say social contagion isn't a factor here because kids like to follow trends, kids like attention, and they're willing to do and engage in any type of behavior to get that attention. To say that some of these kids are suffering from gender dysphoria, it may be true. But to say all of them are, we don't know that for a fact. And the situation is, how do we differ differentiate between the two? How do we know which one is telling the truth and which one isn't? And that's something we got to pay attention to. Uh, like people who, who say that they're another gender, okay, but they're like, not. So then we've tried conversion therapy for a long yeah. time. doesn't seem to work. It seemed to work quite a bit. Absolutely did not. <laughs> How come? Because it did it. Because and you, you think, somebody you think that shooting people up with hormones and then... So this guy, he... he, he it, it does, all right, this is the problem. And I think when you go talk to college students or somebody who's like freshly in college, I don't think you should ever expect to have a, a, a deep thought conversation. And, and the reason is because he said conversion therapy worked. And he said, no, it didn't. He said, how come? He made the statement as if he knew conversion therapy worked based on some studies or some analysis that he had read or some information that he's getting. But he doesn't. He just he just threw it out. He just threw it out there with nothing to back it up. And it's like, why, why sit down and have a conversation with somebody? If, if You should know your own limitations. And a lot of times, a lot of people in our society don't know their limitations. People are willing to speak on things they have no experience with, no education on, no background history with. And a lot of times we find ourselves in nonsensical arguments because you're arguing with people who are not qualified to even be having a half-decent conversation. Calling it like, you know, affirming is 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 better for people? For the people that it works for, yeah, that does seem to be a successful alleviation of problems. Uh, so, I mean, I would argue against destiny because, like, um, the studies have shown that people who go through transgender um, surgeries and, you know, there's still a high suicide rate. Now, some people on the left will argue that that's due to societal pressure and that those people still don't feel welcome. And we don't know exactly how much of that contributes to these people committing suicide or not. So we will have to get the actual it's hard to, to get information from somebody who kills themselves because we don't know exactly why they're doing it. But we do know that. A lot of the people who are doing this share a common characteristic, and they went through transgender just uh, affirming surgery. So the question would be, did the surgery not work, or is it that society still doesn't accept these people, and it still makes them hate themselves and want to kill themselves? Or, but but we have a, a percentage of people coming out who went through these transgender surgeries who are saying that it didn't work, it didn't help me, it didn't fix the problem that it was supposed to fix. How do you account for that? And are we taking that into uh, into our math equation and figuring out, okay, maybe uh, the transition works for some people, but it may not work for all people. And why isn't it working for those people? Why is it working for some? And, you know, the science is not settled on these things. And a lot of people are running around trying to make it seem as if the science is settled on these things. When we have European countries who are deciding to roll back on some of these um measures because they're realizing that it's either having long-term effects that are negative or it's not achieving the desired outcome that they were looking for. Oh, you want to ignore the suicide rate of them too. Suicide rate of who? Of trans people. The suicide rate of trans people seems to increase or improve after successful treatment, assuming they're in a supportive community. So, I mean... See, Destiny said, assuming they're in a supportive community, right? Like, what does that necessarily mean? You know? What is supportive can be so unique to each individual, right? There are probably transgender people out there who don't want to be treated differently because they're transgender. And then there are other people who want to be treated differently because they're transgender. That support can mean a lot of different things. And to sneak that in there, it, it, it doesn't kind of do it justice on your statement. 
what well, do you want to how do you even like measure that like how do you measure, how do you if measure it's that? afterwards because well, like you're saying you know trans people quote unquote mm-hmm. which i don't really believe exists before you know okay so when he says i don't believe they exist what did he mean by they don't exist is he saying that transgender people don't exist as people in general or are he saying that that being a trans person is just an act and what they say when they mean transgender is something that's made up because people identify as trans so I, I would really be interested to know exactly what he means you know they don't commit suicide and then once they 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 do once they transition and you know cut off their their nuts and whatnot then then they're it they're prone to suicide and so like oh, that's exactly my argument i'm saying that well, it doesn't improve people's lives it but for the people that it does it clearly does and there is some research to suggest that people that get gender affirming care do have higher qualities of life and i will say that, that the research a lot of the time is you know ideologically focused as well in oh, the same way so the research that's not ideologically focused is the research that agrees with you or yes okay well all right so None of this is a non-starter. Like, you either have a consensus in science that says one thing or the other, or you don't. And you cannot make an argument based on, well, I feel like it's ideologically driven. Like, okay, based on what? Like, based on what? What do you have to, to know what's in the minds and the thoughts of the people who study this? He doesn't. Now, on the flip side, we do know that based on ideologies, people can arrive to certain conclusions and be biased. Science have proven that a lot of studies are biased and don't replicate after they try to replicate it in the, in the lab or whatever the case may be. This stuff happens in science, right? But you have to have somebody come back and disprove those things before you can make the claim that, okay, it was ideologically driven. You can't just say that unless you have somebody debunking these things by trying to replicate the same studies or trying to replicate the same information and coming to a different conclusion. <sighs> well, pretty Brian, much. When we all hated trans people like 10 years ago, well, nobody's, and nobody's and arguing to hate people. said that like conversion therapy and stuff worked, it still didn't, right? Hey, we but, didn't even, we ne- there's, you can argue that the research saying that like Jennifer McCarran stuff is biased. Okay, sure. There might be some research or bias. That's possible. But there's no <laughs> research supporting uh, conversion therapy. There wasn't for gay people. There's not for trans people. That doesn't seem to work. So is, insofar as we care about people, if we do, I do, maybe you don't, but if we do care about people, then our goal should probably be to find like, well, what are the treatments or therapies or ways of assistance that we can help people to live better lives? Yeah. And insofar as that goes for a person that is legitimately trans, not just a person having a phase in college or a girl that her hair but for a person who's legitimately having a trans experience and has had for their entire life it seems like some form of gender affirming care is the only way to actually alleviate their dysphoria okay so the issue is the reason i have a problem with that statement i don't have a problem with most of it the problem is that when you live in a society where people tell you that the only way to help somebody is by going through this what you do is incentivize people not to look for alternative ways i wouldn't say that conversion therapy works um and Apparently, there there is a discrepancy between the people who get gender affirming surgery, between the people who kill themselves and people who don't. There's something missing here, but we can't live in a society to where you 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 offer up alternatives because everybody's going to feel as if you're not taking the problem seriously or you're trying to deny the existence of trans people. But we have to be able to have free speech. We have to be able to question these things, and people have to be able to to look for alternative ways of helping people. Instead of you have to think like this and you have to give them this treatment and that's the only way forward. And when you skew the, the when you skew society in a certain direction, then you can never say that you have the one true solution because you didn't open up the dialogue and you didn't open up the public square for different alternatives. So in a way, the studies are going to be skewed. In a way, 
people's perception of the studies are going to be skewed because they're not allowed to think in a multi a multifaceted way. It's a black and white fallacy, pretty much. It's either you agree with this or you don't. And if you don't agree with it, you're being transphobic. Just telling them, no, you're not trans over and over again doesn't seem to be very successful. I disagree. I, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> obviously. with that. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's just, you, you know. You just untrans somebody. Yeah, like, you can. Yeah, okay. You can. I mean, there's been a huge detrans, uh, like, mission to, you know, raise awareness for uh, people going through transgenderism and whatnot. And also, you know, specifically. Okay, those people who are going through a, a detransition are the people who are saying that I went through this transition. It didn't help. It didn't work. Or maybe I wasn't trans. I thought I was. And I want to go backwards. But that's not detransitioning people. People have to do that themselves. That's a personal decision that they have to make. Nobody came along and did some voodoo magic or something like that and made those people stop being what they were. So it's not necessary. The point this guy said that the studies that agree with him is right and the study that isn't like is biased, you no longer have to take this person seriously. I'm sorry, but you no longer have to take this person seriously. And anything that they say going forward is going to be like, uh, why am I talking to you? Because it's clear that you only have interest in things that already agree with your bias. On the Biden memo that was specifically focused for children um, to, you know, uh, to it's recognize like a minor part of like all of I know and you policy. focused I on that. I, I was just, I that was just what, was what uh, you're the one that literally brought it up you said I don't yeah I brought it up as one example you okay. folks got it if I'm you not, you, that subject. was the example you brought up there's yeah. a war in Ukraine right now there was Afghanistan to talk about there's all sorts of other foreign policy issues you've got inflation you've got OPEC you've got oil and you're like remember that uh, memo that Biden sent out for trans kids to I don't even know about this memo you should look it up it's pretty interesting sounds not very interesting, but uh, it is. It is pretty. But yeah, um, you want to move to another subject? Sure. Give me one more area. That you feel like Biden's not doing the, um, the border. Of. I'm not a big fan of, you know, coming in and swarming uh, our country mm -hmm. and essentially just people are coming in and swarming our country. Yeah. Right? I mean, last year, in one year, about two point two point four million people crossed the border illegally. Crossed the border and returned back. That's just or... estimated. It's probably more. Sure. Crossed the border and returned back or like illegally made it into the country. I illegally entered the country. I don't. Two point four million. Yeah, I think that's true. I... Uh since they are having this um this back and forth dialogue, I guess um uh, uh I guess I'll look it up then since I am not currently um uh since I'm not currently in the conversation, I'm sitting in front of my computer where I can look it up. Uh let's see. Uh Mm -mm. See the problem with uh, a lot of this information is sometimes you try to look it up and you end up staring at so many different information. And the problem that you have with um, Google as well is Google will prioritize certain studies and stuff like that at the very top. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, so this is Homeland Security, Office of Immigration Statistics. Uh, let's see. Okay, It'll take you a little second to get there. Um, okay, so you gotta find illegal immigration. Uh, I'm gonna play this while I look for it. Oh, uh, because. It, it could take a little second to find the right number. I want to make sure I find the right number. Uh, 
I covered the story. Did but, you really? Who, yeah. who was reporting on that? I'm saying I wrote well, it. No, but I mean, like, who was the, what, what are the numbers coming from? The 2.4 million? Oh, it was, I think it was coming from the CDC. That's a huge number of people to come yeah. in one year. Well, that was, that's what it was. So, Were these coming in illegally or were these people like granted asylum or granted refugee? Or coming in illegally. Funded? Oh, well. So there's probably a higher estimate of that. But so do you not acknowledge that there's a crisis at the border? Um, when I looked into the quote unquote crisis at the border last time, it just seemed like business as usual. Um, it doesn't have like a high political goal right now or okay. like a high political attention to border stuff because people are more focused on the economy. But um, yeah, people are more focused on the economy. I'm not too big on the economy, frankly, but, you know, much about it. Well, I I do. Of course. Of course I do. I I want families to be able to, you know, I want a father to be able to afford uh, living, you know, raising a family on one single income. That's very important. Um, Nowadays, things aren't. Okay, so the information that I got um, is saying that uh, nearly two million people were encountered by federal law enforcement while attempting to enter the United States illegally over the past year. Um, data released Friday afternoon by U.S. Customs and Border Protection showed that federal law enforcement officials stopped 1,956,519 non-citizens who tried to gain entry, entry into the U.S. by walking across the Canada, from Canada or Mexico, entering by way of the Atlantic or Pacific coast or passing through air, land, or seaports. Um, the large majority of the 1.9 million 1.66 million were stopped by the Border Patrol, whose officers worked in the land between ports of entry. That is close to the highest number seen over the past century and is indicated to the border disaster President Joe Biden has overseen and that has dropped, dragged down his approval ratings. Um, okay, so in fiscal year 2020, border officials encountered. So this is not saying that these people made it into the country illegally. This is saying how many people they encountered. So I'm guessing that if they encountered these people, I'm guessing they didn't let everybody in. Um so it doesn't say it doesn't say that these two million people were let in. It only says that they encountered them. So um, it'll take me some time to figure out exactly whether I'm pretty sure all these people didn't get in, um, but I'm pretty sure maybe hundreds of thousands found a way in at some point. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Looking so good for that, but yeah, I mean the economy is important, and we're probably going to win on that. But so are you? You're a Joe Biden Joe Biden fan, fan absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Joe Biden head exactly. A Brandon head, okay. Yep. But like, what's your reasoning? Because your sign says that. What's what's your reasoning behind um, it? I think his legislative accomplishments so far have been pretty impressive. I think that the handling uh, coming out of the coronavirus stuff, the amount of stimulus he was able to push for, especially the increase of the child tax credits, I thought were really good. Um, him trying to do what he can from the executive position of like doing the marijuana forgiveness and trying to get it rescheduled uh, on the DA is that's... good. Okay, so a few things, right? Destiny talks about um, him increasing the stimulus checks and things of that sort. But yeah. Some of these measures directly contribute to high inflation. So while one hand, he's putting out a lot of money into the economy, but on the other hand, it's causing higher inflation, which the Fed is trying to battle. So you can see that as uh, an achievement if you feel as if you're somebody who directly benefited from it. But for the economy as a whole, I don't think it did us any favors. I don't think it helped the economy overall. Um, As far as the, the second one from the executive position of like doing the marijuana forgiveness and trying to get it rescheduled uh, on the DA is good. Okay, so as far as the federal marijuana situation goes, most guys who get arrested for marijuana is probably it's a state charge and you're probably going to state prison. You won't be getting a federal charge for being in possession of marijuana. And if you are getting a federal charge due to possession of marijuana, you probably had a large quantity or a large amount of marijuana either crossing state borders or something of that sort, which means you're trafficking or some sort or you're a drug dealer. And on one hand, 
I don't believe that those people should be getting out of federal prison. But on the other hand, it, it does nothing for the people who actually have possession charges in state. So to me, I think the whole Biden uh, federal marijuana situation was just uh, trying to signal to people during the time of election year to vote for the Democrats, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the student loan forgiveness, I'm not a huge fan of, but like politically, it's a pretty smart idea. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's handled our foreign policy exceptionally well. I think the Ukraine was good. I think that even though it was, it felt bad pulling out of Afghanistan and finally finishing that, I thought it was a good thing. I wouldn't argue that. Um, I wouldn't argue that Biden's stimulus checks and things were the direct contributor to high inflation, but I'm saying that it doesn't help. It it has to be a contributor at some, on some level. Um, because when you pump money into the economy that, that way and people, uh, it's a supply and demand situation. And if you have much higher um, uh, demand than you have supply, that's going to be a problem. That's going to cause prices to go up because people have way more money to spend, but not enough products to actually buy. And people are going to be competing for those resources, which makes companies hike those prices up in order to, you know, you know, give it to the, the highest bidder in, in a sense. Um yeah, but I'm not an economist. In general, I think Biden has exceeded most expectations from the left for like getting like um, the recent huge legislation that had like the biggest spending in um, like green energy and stuff. I thought was good. The infrastructure was good. Um, yeah, I think I think he's done a really good job so far. Okay, so most of your stuff is like very, you know, the stuff that that voters care about, and you know, whatever. But I I don't know. I, I don't think that's like quite enough because I think that I'm you know I'm more right wing ideologue. Uh, I think it's very important that we we shift the culture. So I guess we just care about different things. I would be in support of all of those things if people gave us control over the culture and the society that we're molding to do that. What's control of the culture, man? Um, most influence over over pop culture uh, news where people how, get so their what sources. Is that, yeah, what is so pop culture? How do how do you get control over pop culture? Um, it doesn't seem hard to do it when you guys on the right are always saying that like. You know, like you, you'll say on one breath like liberal arts degrees and all that are for losers. I, I'm liberal arts. Oh, what do you do? What's your major? Uh, I'm poli sci in history. Okay. Well, okay. Well, sure, well, but like well, a lot of people on the right would like make fun of you for that, right? You agree, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. So I feel like the right wing has this problem where they've constantly demonized people going after liberal arts, and then several generations later, like, well, I mean, liberal education is, is or... liberal education is the ideal, in my opinion. You know, I, I wish that people were going to school and learning about about some of the great classics, the great writers. Uh, this is the biggest problem, right? Um, in, in a way, Destiny's right about the self fulfilling prophecy. It's like you can't criticize something, but then get mad when. The people who agree with you are not going into these fields, which are ultimately the people going to work in these fields that are going to influence the culture because you're not putting anybody in place to do those things. So, of course, it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But on the other hand, I also agree that um, I have to be honest, like. You cannot just say you want to control the culture. You don't just get the opt in and say we need to control the culture. Either you have the best ideas and you have the best arguments and you're putting people in positions or people are finding themselves in positions to influence the culture or you don't. You don't just get to say you don't get to just throw a tantrum and say, oh, they control the culture, but you're not doing anything about it or you haven't been doing anything about it. Either get in the game, play hard, win hearts and minds, make the best arguments, then you win the culture. It's that simple. The liberals are not just going to hand you over the culture. And why would they? It, it makes no sense. So spend the time crying about it instead of actually doing what it takes to infiltrate the culture and get your ideas heard. That's a totally different um, situation. And we see a lot of conservatives who are trying to do that. We see the Daily Wire commi uh, making cartoon shows and making movies. They're trying to get their skin in the game. Whether you agree with them or not, they're trying to get their skin in the game. That's the way you do it. I mean, I'm sorry, but 
it's like I don't know what he means. Like, let us have the culture. I, I just don't understand. Um, but the, the white writers. Well, I mean, some of them are white. Some of them, you know, Sorry. some of them not so much. But a lot of them, a lot of the ones I like, maybe. But you know, Pretty that's much. frankly irrelevant. Like, I wish people were learning about those sort of things. But they're they're over here learning about BS diversity in architecture. Uh, yeah, that's that that's, that's literally a class. That's a, yeah, not BS diversity in architecture. Yeah, well, no, not BS diversity. Oh, okay. <laughs> the class subject is diversity in architecture, and I'm a, I'm not a big fan of it, frankly. It's least favorite class. What's wrong? What's wrong with the class? Um, it's focused on on expanding like diversity in architecture. Like architecture is beautiful because, frankly, Western civilization, Western architecture is beautiful because of something that you know that that I talk about too. Um, and you know, just like expanding. All right. I don't. All right. So when it comes to diversity, when it comes to diversity, right? You cannot force anybody to be interested in something they're not interested in. It's just a fact of life that people who come from different environments and different areas are going to have different interests. People who come from different culture backgrounds are going to have different interests and they're going to pursue those interests and they should have the right and the freedom to do so. So that's period. That's what I mean. You cannot force diversity. Either diversity happens when you open up the floodgates and you allow people to pursue their passions. And if it happens to be a diverse situation, it is. But what we find ourselves in, 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 in the common day is we find people who are arguing that we have to get people into these um, programs. We have to get them interested in these things. But what if people are just not interested? What if Jewish people are not interested in being basketball players? What if black people are not interested in being hockey players? Like that's something that you just have to accept because even if you introduce these things into these environments, people may not opt to, to do those things. Now you could introduce it and they might be interested in it. That's a fair play. But to teach courses about diversity and the, I, I, I don't see exactly what it is you're teaching. Everybody knows that other people exist out there. Everybody knows that there are different races, different genders, different ethnicities, different cultures. Everybody knows these things. It's like we know other people out here exist. And if these people were interested in these things, they'd probably find it. Now, if you want to make the argument that they're not having the ability to enter into these spaces because they're being blocked, that's something that you want to remove those blocks. But once the blocks are removed and people are making freely choice, free choices to maneuver into the world as they see fit, and you're not seeing equal representation in every facet of life, then boo-hoo, suck it up. That's just the way things are. Just people having like black people in architecture, uh, you know, Hispanics. I don't think that's productive at all. We you need good architecture. You don't think potentially like look around here too. You don't like, think there's potentially something lost not being able to look into other cultures to like gather information for how they did things? Well, I mean, I'm a Catholic, so a lot of mine is focused around you know Catholic Western sure, but like, architecture. Is there value that you can draw from looking at how other civilizations are done? So when I would just I don't like a lot of other cultures. I don't care if you like it or not. <laughs> See, this, this is a stupid response. Like for example, like. There are going to be different cultures who do different things differently, right? It could be foods. It can be traditions. These things that work for certain cultures and benefits their society and helps uplift them, those are the things that you want to draw from those different cultures. There are European cultures. There can be Irish culture. There can be Italian culture, Greek culture, that they are doing some things that are really good and it would add value to our society if we adopted those things, right? I believe that the the, the, the Asian culture uh, has a lot of facets in their culture that I think black people should adopt and, and, and vice versa and all the way around. You're better because of it. But then we have these people making the argument that that's cultural appropriation, where you're stealing from our culture. That nonsense. But at the end of the day, when you see somebody from a different culture doing something that you could benefit from, by all means, adopt it into your culture and be better because of it. And they should do the same thing. I mean, that's full stop in the story.
goal is to get educated. It's not like I want to take class about things I like. It's I want to expand my mind and broaden my horizons, right? So if I, I study music in school, right? And typically most of our music is organized around like Western. You went to music school? Stuff. Yeah, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. Well. It's under it's organized around like Western concepts of like how music is organized to, to put it simply um but you can look into other cultures to get different ideas of like how could we do like a different system of notes or like what kind of different rhythms could we draw from different cultures and there are some things that if you spent your entire life studying uh you know like classical romantic composers or studying only western music you would essentially miss out on this whole like other world of how you could arrange and orchestrate sound and i feel like but I that's know also that's also implying like the same for architecture as well no that's also implying that there's superiority to be found in, in over no, there absolutely why are you thinking the terms of superiority that like there is no superior race. There is no superior culture. There are cultures, and then there are superior aspects of that culture. There are uh, there are aspects of a culture that you can be better off with. You can find a black uh, tribes group in Africa who are living off the land, but they may have a tradition of family or something like that that really centers on the family dynamic or something like that. That this is a good thing to have. Now you may disagree with everything else in their culture, living off the land or whatever the case may be, but you can still look at that and say that's a good thing to have. It, it doesn't have to be superior, non-superior. It could just be, oh, that's good. That's something we could benefit from. Not what a weird take. No, I you mean, you can appreciate the diversity of something without saying it has to be superior, inferior. Right? No, 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 like saying that we're missing something. That we're yeah, missing you're, something. It's about over expanding. Here. It's about like the diversifying. I guess like your understanding of the world. It doesn't and I have think, to be like, like necessarily. I would say it is superior to have a more diverse understanding, but understanding those other things doesn't make them superior. I think that's also how you have a country lose its identity. In you know. I think that's how you lose a country. Identities are constantly changing over time. Conservatives yeah, for is a sure, reactionary for sure, thing. For sure. Like, oh, we lost our identity. What I, we're America. Like, what identity? Like, most of the identities they harken back to are European, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, like that's great. It's not. We're not Europe. <laughs> and if you go to Europe, it's I mean, we yeah. One of the biggest problems I have with guys who be making this argument about like keeping the culture or like honoring our past culture or whatever. Like, America was literally built on rejecting a culture. Like, America didn't want to live as the Brits wanted to live. They didn't want to abide by their parliamentary system or live by their queen. Like, America was founded on rejecting the past culture that came before it in, in order to have the freedom to develop their own culture and, their, and a new culture to decide for themselves who they wanted to be and how they wanted to live. And it's a beautiful thing. Now, if there are things that come from the past that are good, you should keep those things. That's, that's what I think conservatism is at the end of the day. Conservatism is finding the things that are valuable from the past or the things that we have now and preserving those things. But if you have Things that are negative or bad or don't necessarily benefit to furthering us as a species, then you get rid of it and you replace it with something better. Now, I get that oftentimes there are people on the other side who think better, but it's not better. And then you have to argue with them why that isn't a better system. And that's what a disagreement is about. And we can hassle things out. But to try to think of like, oh, we're never going to change and that something's always going to be the same and you're, 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 you're destroying something by changing certain facets of the culture. It, to me, it's just like, what are you even arguing? You're going to change. You do know that. You have a smartphone. That changes the culture. The fact that I can look up YouTube videos and I can watch and I can talk to people from halfway across the country or whatever, that, that, that shapes and reflects like my different worldviews and I get different opinions and thoughts. It's going to mold and shape people differently. People are going to change. I mean, I don't even know what the argument is here. Like, even if you think that you're not going to change, you're going to change. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah, like that's great.
It's not. We're not Europe. <laughs> and if you go to Europe, it's I mean, we are. We are. The, we're the found one from Europe. Tell when I'm talking to an American is when they talk about like a European identity because that's only something an American would say. If you go to Europe, they don't talk about a European identity, right? Yeah, they do. I mean, they talk about di- different like you know Italian culture. Yeah. Talk- hey, here's the thing about culture, right? And I, I'm reading your comment. Cultures still have superiority over others in specific areas and general areas too. See, that's a subjective uh, summer, sum, summation, right? The, the reason that I say that's subjective is because it all depends on what your goal is. Everybody's goal is not to have the same outcome as America. People have different goals in mind. And the, and the, the community of those people agree on a different goal than Americans agree. That's their choice. Just like the people in Ukraine may want to live a different way than the Russians want. The Russians want to come in and impose their way of life or put them under their banner. When those people may have decided they want something different, they have a different goal. And the Russians may feel like they were superior and they want to push that on the, the Ukrainians. Whatever the case may be, I don't see it as superior or inferior. It depends on what is your goal. Now, if you both have the same goal and you're getting better results than that other culture is, then yes, you can think in that terms. Like, hey, bro. You're trying to get to where we're trying to get, but we're getting there much faster. So apparently our way is superior to your way. Maybe you should adopt our way if you're trying to get to the same place we're trying to get. But to assume that other cultures have the same goal, it's just, I think it's not looking at the world for what it really is. About French culture? Yeah, but it's not going to be European ever. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I mean, even even in America, you know, we were founded from Scottish traditions. We're founded from English traditions, traditions. French. Our contributions to the world have come in large part because of the diversity that we have here, right? Hip hop. I don't think so. Absolutely. Hip hop and jazz and all of these. These are. I don't think those are our greatest accomplishments. Those are huge accomplishments. I think we've commercialized everything just off off, like we've created culture. No, but we've created culture off of what can be bought and sold to other people. And that's not that's not a sustainable culture. Okay. First of all, most of the classic like great art that you like is art that was literally commissioned by kings and queens, yeah. right? So the, the idea that like somehow because some stuff has been commercialized is bad totally sidesteps everything I was saying before, right? The fact that there's a commercialization of music doesn't doesn't like change the fact that jazz was probably America's like greatest contribution to the world of music, and that came arguably from uh, an enslaved population, right? That came from, but not just them. It came For from sure. them taking what they understood from some European backgrounds in music too. I love black that. people music. I'm man. sure you do. I know. I, I love I love one. black music. Um, all right, so America is obsessed with race, and y'all heard me say this plenty of times. But when we say black music, it, it, I hate the fact that we have to define music in terms of black. Nothing is black because a black person was the first person to do it. Nothing is white because a white person was the first person to do it. You don't get to own somebody's contribution because they shared your skin color. And we have to get past this whole concept of owning something because a person who happened to share your skin color was the first person to contribute to it. Like, we have to get past that idea. I really do believe that. And and until we get past that idea, then we're constantly thinking in this paradigm of black, white, Italian, Scottish. It's like, instead of like Americans, Americans, like this is America and America has many things to offer and no one group owns that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. No, it's like unironically true. Um, you know, black people have earned their place in America, I think. Okay. That's well, not what I'm arguing Hispanic against. People and Asian people here have earned their place. But I mean, well. these people are American. Sure, yeah. Black people are Americans. Sure, and so are Asian Americans, and so are other American people that come over, Mexican. Yeah, but creating like these, you know, national enclaves within America just makes enclaves. But I mean, like if you come to like any large city, you can see all of these people intermingling, walking around, interacting. I mean, I don't think you see that anywhere outside of a church where people are all embracing this a common culture. If you go to any major city in America, I promise you see all sorts. I mean, I disagree. I mean, you see it. You see Chinatown, Koreatown, these kind of like national.
Come to the South, bro. You'll hear the, the Southern drawl on Black people, white people, Hispanics. You'll hear the Southern drawl. Like, I mean, bro, you go to festivals or St. Patrick's parades or Martin Luther King parades, you'll see a group of people of all different nationalities and stuff coming together, bro. Like, it's not just in the church. Enclaves within the country itself, that you can literally where like they, they maintain their own into. culture, like, and go, it's like say maintain it, but it's in a small part of the city. Like these people travel to other parts of the city, and other people travel to those parts of the city. If you go to Chinatown in New York, you don't only see Asian people; <laughs> you see all sorts of different people, right? If you go to places in LA that have like different like cultural little enclaves, it's not just that's where I'm from. Here. Actually, it's not, so. sure, it's not GTA Five, where as soon as you go there, all the cars change and the people change, <laughs> right? You see like a ton of people in all sorts of different parts of the city here. Um, I feel like for the most part, people are really critical about like America and diversity. And we're falling apart. I don't think we are. I think we've done like really good. And so like I would argue, I, I would say, extent, I would, I would say. argue to a large extent, movements like America first. When I look at like the very far right movements, I think that they are some of the shining examples of diversity because you people include so many different types of white people and, and even Hispanic people, even black people. So people, the, the only thing, the, the only thing with that, of, like being America. What I, I will say with cool. that is. I think that the only way that we can have these kinds of competing cultures in which people aren't at each other's throats is through unity in Christ, because essentially everything else is division. I mean, you go to a church. you Do I even have to speak on this? You can, you can have people next to one another, whether they're trans, you know, even trans, I guess. And like even, black people, Asians, everybody, people, we're all like commonly worshiping. Bro, there are Muslims of all different stripes, bro. There are people from Britain who went to fight with ISIS who were literally white as hell. What are you talking about, man? What 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 is this man consuming on a day-to-day -day basis? Friends, I guess, and like Even, black people, Asians, Christ. everybody, people we're are, all like commonly worshiping. Not commonly worshiping. You How so? You're Catholic, right? I am. Okay. Yes. I was part of uh, my archdiocese in Omaha. Different Catholic churches fucking hated each other. You're not telling me that all Catholics, <laughs> yeah. half the Catholics right now hate the fucking Pope, who's a direct son of Peter. That's that's how do you? I don't I don't agree with that. I'm, I'm a Pope. I'm a Pope defender. But a lot of Catholics Pope are, nationalists. Right? So if you have a division, and this is a guy that has the closest you can get to a fucking holy mandate from God. True. Half the Catholics Whoa, hate that Stephen guy. Stephen Bonnell, yeah, Catholic art. I'm not shaking hand. No. Well, why but like, not? So, because, so if you can't even get Catholics to agree on the fucking Pope, how are you going to tell me the Catholic people are the ones that are going to unify? Okay, a lot, of, a lot of that, that <laughs> division is because of like the liberalization of the church and kind of. No, it's human nature, bro. Humans divide each other. Bro, you can all be the same color, have the same hair color, everything. You can, bro, you can all look alike. Somebody gonna find a way to divide themselves. It's human nature, bro. Leaving things open for you know individual churches and not following the mandate that the Pope has set. I think we should all follow the um the guidance I mean, of the they Pope. Some mandates. And so again, I, I think a lot of that is due to liberalism as well. You know, Protestantism is the is the epitome of liberalism, That's where it true, says you know so be your own church. government, and then we need a state. I agree with you, David. You can definitely identify race without racism. I definitely agree. Oh my God, state was it state monarchy? What did you what? guys? What do you guys push for? State monarchy. Or like, isn't Fuentes like a monarchy guy? I'm not Fuentes. You sound just like him. I know you're Fuentes. So I'm not Fuentes. Fuentes hates me, actually. Wait, who are you? What's your name again? Carson Wolf. Oh, do you post on the? Are you one of those guys? What? What do you mean? I try to keep track of all the different names in the group. I don't know who like has schismed off or. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm. He doesn't like me very much. Okay. Um, you know. Yeah. What do you guys disagree on? What was your um, so apparently uh, Fuentes is somebody who's, I guess, considered 
I think some people consider him a white nationalist. I'm not too familiar with the guy, but I have seen him have a conversation with Destiny at one point. But apparently he's supposed to be like a far right, like national nationalist or something. And that's why I don't want to mischaracterize what he is because I don't know exactly what he is. But I think he's put into that camp of like a white nationalist or something or peace. At least people say he is. And I'm going to leave it there because I don't know how much that much about the guy. Point. I'm not very big on on in seldom. I think it's a very you know unproductive thing. And I think we need strong, to focus. Are you going to give us a strong opinion right now on on in seldom? Is Nick gay? Oh no. You know. Oh man. Okay. Um, that's, right. that's all I need to know. No. No. no okay, I don't, I don't think so. I think that's on. He's a, he's a Catholic guy. So that doesn't tell know. me anything more. If you know the history of the Catholic Church, <laughs> well, Catholic people molesting people. It's almost like do. the sexuality of the, of the people molesting is, is important. And, you know, they, there's more molestations in, uh, in schools, but, you know, whatever. I'll give you the, um, I'll give you the last word because I got other people that want to okay. Final point. Final point? Yeah. Go. On which subject? Um, whatever subject you want. Um, I'm a big Destiny fan. Yeah, okay. Destiny, shake my hand, okay, please. Thank you. Thank you for the conversation. Hey. What's your name? Uh, Lane. Lane. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna leave it there because um I'm not gonna go through all of their conversations, but that that was uh very interesting and the lesson that I drew from that the most was yo sometimes having conversations with college students is not necessarily the most productive. I guess it's it's it's, it's interesting to get these guys to think outside of their box and to kind of remind them that they don't know as much as they think they know or they, they may not be in a position to be so well opinionated on so many different subjects. Uh, there are college students out there who are probably genius and brilliant, but sometimes you're not going to get those people to come sit down with you because they are well aware of their limitations and that being humble and knowing where you can go and where you can't go is, is a, is a good trait. And a lot of people don't think that is, but it's a good trait to know your limitations and to not be so quick to put yourself in front of an argument especially not knowing exactly what you're talking about or at least not being able to admit your, your limitations. This video is brought to you by Hobby Lobby Apparel. You can click the link in the description below or go to the link down at the bottom of the screen. Every time you shop, you support the show, but you also get to look fly at the same time. Whether you got pets, whether you got children, or you're looking for something yourself, Hobby Lobby Apparel has something for everybody. One in a million, a million, the one villain. Too hot to be in the kitchen. I'll end up melting the ceiling.